0: Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff and the AM Consumer and Retail Group. Today is February 4th, 2021. I am your host, Chris Walton, joined as always by Ann. Please don't have me look at another live stream platform again, Chris, Mazinga, and of course, the always sprightly, Emma the Intern. You guys, I am pumped. I think this is going to be our, our, I think this could be one of our best shows of all time. Are you feeling you're are you feeling you're
1: getting really you're getting really overzealous with that promise. So I hope you are ready to deliver, Chris Walton.
0: What's that song? I got a good feeling. You know that song? It's like like oh who's god, that? Who sings Black, that? It's like I, I got, got a feeling. Yeah, that, it's, it's such a good David Guetta. Nice to-
1: like, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, Black Eyed Peas. Okay. Or yeah, yeah, both of them. But anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like I just no. I got that feeling today. I think this is. I think it's gonna be. Or hot.
1: are you thinking of the trolls song? I got that feeling. Oh, that's a good bones. song too.
0: That, God, there's a lot of songs about good feelings. I wonder why. Let me tell
1: you, this is, gonna come in, this is going to come full circle later on in a story that we have about Lego. Let me tell you. Oh, you think
0: so? Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't, all right. I didn't know we're going there, but all right, let's do it. No, I think yeah. the topics this week are all over the place, but I think most importantly, I want to start to show you too. I'm going to start the show by doing what we do best and that's giving people what they want. That's who we are. <laughs> We're going to give people what we want, what our loyal subscribers want. And what are the two things that I know people want universally? Number one is Tom Brady. Those watching on YouTube will notice I have the new TV 12 hat. I'm loving this thing. This thing is so You've sweet. already
1: created a completely divisive audience now. Now you've got half the people that hate you and half the people that are like, eh, he's- Wait, so what? You're saying
0: people don't love Tom Brady, Ann? There are Emma, individuals Emma, please out say that's there. not true. Emma, do you like Tom Brady, right?
2: No. What? The Patriots get ins- like get out of here. This is insane. No, no, no. Okay.
0: This is insane. No, uh, if you don't, I, I man crush on Tom Brady hard. If you, if you don't love Tom Brady, something's wrong with you. That's just okay. And stop. The other thing we're going to talk about is my dog. We have to talk about my dog. Now, Emma, I'm glad we dogs. are.
1: I'm glad we do are because dogs. I was... I was slightly worried that that dog might not still be around because I have not heard anything about it
0: since. The dog got is it. probably the number one question I've been getting in relation to the podcast. The number one question is how is Ginsburg?
1: How um, yeah, how is Darth
0: Vader these days? No, Dar- she, Darth she's surviving and thriving. Yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, it was a good move. I think it was a good acquisition, you know? We talk about acquisitions all the time. It was a it was a good acquisition for the Talk household. I mean, it's been a very calming influence on my wife and my kids. And so that's been nice. Like it's like the emotional support animal for our entire house, which I think in these coronavirus COVID-19 days is 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 very, very needed. So I'm you know, I'm pretty pumped, you know, which I, you
1: cannot bring on some planes now. Did you read that?
0: I did not. Can you, finally, not? some
1: finally some airlines are cracking down on that. Like emotional support animals, like you can't bring a freaking llama on the plane with you and <laughs> consider it an
0: emotional support
1: animal. So my favorite is like the
0: hairless Mr. Bigglesworth cat that i sat <laughs> next to on like 16 flights. You know what I'm talking about? I think we had a flight like that together one time. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this is not supporting. In fact, this terrorizes the entire plane. This thing has no hair. Like, so so anyway, like, but anyway. For those that are curious, the dog is doing awesome. I love it. It's fun. I'm still warming up to it, so like you know, it's it's, but it's growing on me. It's growing on me, and I think once it gets trained, you know, we'll be in a good spot. But hey, we got some killer headlines this week, so we are going to talk about a super cool new checkout-free installation in Japan that Ann and I got a live tour of this week, kind of an OmniTalk exclusive, and it's one you definitely need to see. We're gonna chat a little Instacart and Uber because both of them are making waves in the last mile delivery space this week. Lego, believe it or not, has made its own TikTok-like app, which is very fun to say, and wait for it, but we plan to close with an homage to Jeff Bezos. Bezos, We had planned today to devote our last space to Mark Laurie and the 10 things we wanna see in his new city of the future, but sadly, sorry, Mr. Laurie, but we are gonna to have to bump you, which because we're covering Bezos, That seems kind of apropos for just how things work. And that's what we're gonna do. But first, a little news from the fashion world. Emma, why don't you kick us off?
2: All right, so story number one. ASOS has bought Topshop and its sister brands in a $411 million deal. They're also gonna be paying $36 million for the inventory But the deal excludes any associated stores. So we're seeing a lot of these digitally native fashion companies buying mainly physical brands that have kind of lost their way. And I think it's because it's just an easy way to acquire a whole lot of new customers. It's probably way less expensive than doing that from scratch. And while I would love to see the experiment of ASOS going into physical retail, they just don't need to. They've got the customers and the data from this deal. I think that that's really all they need to be successful going forward.
0: It's a good point, Emma. That's a nuance I hadn't thought about before. And what are you thinking about this?
2: Uh, well, before we get too
1: far into it, Chris, did you know what ASOS stands for? I think you would particularly love
0: this. Uh, that's a really good question. I actually don't. I'm Can I guess? Can I venture a Can, can I hazard a guess?
1: Yes, would you like to guess whilst I look up the rest of the information for you
0: i would and this would be quite the labor for me with an O U R. Yes. but anyway uh my hunch I, I have two guesses i don't actually know what it stands for but my hunch is it's either an acronym it is. or it's something greek okay it's an acronym yes um,
1: three two I, no one. idea i'm gonna tell you it stands for as seen on screen so it, the i original, was gonna go as
0: seen on tv but i couldn't figure out the on the original
1: okay. well on screen obviously because as seen on TV is so American. These this is British and it's way cooler. Well, and so nineties. So, yeah. Yes, as seen on screen. So what they originally started doing was selling like look-alike product, like Brad Pitt's leather jacket from Fight Club on the site. That was the basis of ASOS, which I thought was well, like really from cool. movies, like from movie screens. Yeah, anything that oh, you wow, see cool. on screens. Yes, movie screens. They were selling like replicas on the site, and the. What I love about this, this company has been doing e-commerce for 20 years, yeah. okay? They know what they're doing. And to Emma's point, like I I'm I feel awful for the Topshop employees, many of whom just found out via like Sky News and Twitter that they were losing right. their jobs this week. I do think that the ASOS CEO is being very bold in saying, "Look, we don't want your stores." we don't want your distribution centers. We don't care. We know how to do e-commerce and we know how to do it well. And so we're going to take these brands, all of these customers, like Emma said, and we're going to figure out how to turn this ship around and, and to sell off this product. Um, and you know, they're, they're same target demographic. I think it makes sense to consolidate these, these two. And, um, you know, I think it'll be, it'll be great to see what they do. They've already moved the Topshop website over to asos this morning so if you go to topshop.com it's already moving you over and getting mm-hmm. you going and so it'll be good to see what they do and how this has a trickle-down effect for some of the other fast fashion players in the space like made well forever 21 h&m um right. as they try to figure out their store online strategy
0: that's really those guys are really interesting that's why i love doing this show i mean and that's why i think conversation is so important because there's no way you can think through all the angles on your own and You know, as I was thinking about this overnight, I had a big question, but I think you guys just, I think you just answered it for me. I wasn't sure what the answer was until, and that's how I was going to talk, I was planning to talk about it. But like, you got, I think you guys actually solved it for me in my head, which was like the big question for me was, there just aren't that many brands that have been successful as pure plays. And yet we're seeing this trend of people buying up all of these things. You know, we've talked about, yeah, uh, you know, what's what's e-commerce ventures or whatever it's called. Right, that's mm-hmm. buying up like all those different properties, like Pure One and stuff like that too. And so, like it, I, you know, I kept thinking, like, well, how do you like? Is this the right move? Is it really going to work, or is there just so much money out there that everyone's flush with money and they're just buying these things, thinking they can make something out of it? But your point is really great, both of you guys, and what you said is that no, this is actually a pretty established brand. And I, that actually, I thought that ASOS name reference was really relevant to you because it's it's also a brand that's reinvented itself, which I think exactly. says something. And so they probably do know how to make something of this. And the point I was thinking last night is actually, at the end of the day, it's probably some middle ground where there's probably some amount of stores and some amount of digital. But the other part of this too, I think, is that doesn't necessarily have to be your own stores. That can be the right channel partners and the right licensing of your brand, really throughout the world in terms of how you want to think about it, but doesn't require to get into the physical infrastructure that we've traditionally associated with retail. And So I think that's the key part of this story. And you guys 100% just unlocked the first part of that for me, which is, now, this is probably the right brand to be buying these things up or the right company, whereas mm-hmm. maybe that's not the case in some of the other things we we'll, we have seen or we'll probably continue to see.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna tell you about another cool thing you alluded to earlier. If you didn't catch it already, cool. if you didn't catch it already, Chris and I got a sneak peek. It's on the omnitalk.blog site on social. There is a company out of Auckland, New Zealand called Imager. That has opened the first vision only white label autonomous checkout solution in the Oasis store in Nakanishima, Osaka, which is a fun name to say. So this is a 9,000 square foot grocery store um, and it is something to behold, let me tell you. So shoppers come in, they take their individual device, they pair it with a shopping cart that they get right at the entrance and then they can go through throughout the store shop and put stuff in the cart. Just drop it right in as normal. Everything from sushi to milk to fresh produce. And they head to the checkout when they're done. They scan uh, their barcode at checkout, walk out, bang, bang, boom. They are done. And it is incredible. Chris, I know you are super excited about this one. Um, it's T- tell us your thoughts. Like, yeah, I mean, I- we were both like, Whoa, you know, after we saw it, it was pretty. Impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think I got you the backstory. I mean, if you haven't had a
0: chance to check out the video yet, it's actually doing really, really well. We, all we've done is promote it on social really at this point. And it's, it's getting a ton of hits uh, relatively speaking to the normal content we put out. So I, it's, I highly encourage everybody to check it out. This listing, I'll try to put it in the show notes too, but here's the backstory on this. I think, God, and Emma, what was it? Like probably in the summer when the dash card came out, I kind of put a, I put an article out and I kind of, I did put an article out on Forbes about how I thought this was kind of a silly idea. It's kind of like the GPS system that sits on your dash at some point, which I don't know if we still don't know if that's the answer, but um, you know, so I've been skeptical of smart cards we talked about on the show. We had the Krogo a few weeks ago, whatever. Um, And the CEO of this company, Imager reached out, William Chomley, great guy. He's like, Hey, can I talk to you about, you know, some of the points you made and, you know, just kind of work you through how we're thinking about this topic. And so reluctantly, I was like, yeah, all right, fine. I love meeting new people. I love talking tech and seeing, you know, what I know, what I don't know. And I just peppered the dude with questions. And he he answered every single thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I told him at the time, because also in this space, as we've talked about with companies like Standard Cognition, like there's a lot of talk, but there's not a lot of action too. So even if you're maybe thinking about it the right way, okay, show it, prove it, eat what you cook. And so I told him, I said, call me when you've got something to show me. And he did. And we did the tour. And I got to tell you, it's pretty impressive. Like it's completely asset light. I mean, it's basically just a smart, um, how would you, what's, what do you, not a cart, a but a trolley like that you pick mm-hmm. up, you know, as you're walking into a supermarket or something, just a little basket, mm-hmm. you walk around with it. There's nothing in the ceiling, no cameras, He's got the whole 9,000 square foot store, which is a ton of products. They've got a great operation figured out in terms of how you want to catalog all those products and take the images in a very asset light way. And then you just kind of pay electronically and you walk out. It's super slick. And it's something that I think if you're like a small and mid-sized grocery operation, you should be looking at right now because it's probably easy for you to test and probably really easy for you to replicate. Um, I have some other thoughts too, but I mean, I don't know. And what did what were you, what did you what did you think of it as you were sitting there watching it?
1: Chris, you really hit on it for me. I mean, I've been talking for the last several weeks with the Amazon Fresh expansion happening, Walmart getting into automated fulfillment centers, like to me, this product could be the arrow in the quiver that could save some of these regional grocers or small to mid-sized grocers because it allows them with like pretty much low to no lift to just Turn their stores into uh into a more convenient shopping experience. I mean, you didn't talk about like the how how they're getting product on. I mean, Imager is really thinking about what's easy. You you know, you hold a product in an, in a light booth basically that you keep yeah. in the back room for eight seconds, and the products categorize. I mean, mm-hmm. they've really thought through how to make this a manageable approach for those mid to, you know, mid-level regional grocers. And so I think that that's really important. And also I think that this really, for me, after seeing this caters to the changing trip types that I think yeah. we're going to see start to see in grocery. And, you know, I think a lot of times the carts for me were like, Oh my God, that's like, you can only fit two bags in there and is it going to be right? And how are you going to, you know, make this a a more convenient shopping experience? But I think that they've really done it. Like there's no, you know, you don't have to swipe a card on here. It's just walk in business as usual. And it can kind of just run alongside normal grocery operations. Like you don't have to do anything to the store. You can test this without having to disrupt your normal course of business. And I think that's going to be huge for those, those regionals.
0: And I think that's what's been the unlock for me recently is that like for it's it's trip. This could be a trip type dependent answer. Uh, and this could be an easy way to help that trip type. Because you're right, like there's no heads-up display on the cart, you don't have to slide a credit card. It's all you make the interaction all through your mobile phone, and that just seems smart and intuitive and simple for consumers and retailers to deploy. And so I think that's maybe the first rung here that we're looking at, you know, in this interim period is. You know, ultimately, is the other answer still the best answer? I'm still hedging that way because the one thing, even as even as bullish as I am on this now or interested in it, you still are only seeing what's in the cart. You're not seeing what's outside the cart or the trolley, and so that's where still the ceiling applications, the on shelf applications of computer vision still matter and give you other benefits. We talked about that with Kroger too. So I still think that's an important part of this equation that we quite haven't figured out yet. But, you know, I think we soon will. And it's really cool to see this step. So, again, if you have a chance, please, please check out that video. All right. Next next topic, headline number three. This is all about last mile delivery this week. So first we had Instacart naming a former Facebook VP as its new operations chief. Courtney Grocery Dive Instacart named Asha Sharma, its new chief operating officer. She's going to, quote, oversee the online company's marketplace services, including its app, logistics and growth and marketing divisions. End quote. At Facebook, Sharma was also the vice president of product for the company's private communication services and served as vice president for Facebook Messenger and head of social impact. Now, keep all that in mind as we start to talk about this. The other big announcement was Uber acquired the on-demand alcohol delivery company Drizzly. Now, what's Drizzly for those that are unfamiliar? Well, Drizzly, according to Verge, is, quote, effectively an online delivery storefront for existing local liquor stores. The company partners with local sellers and then enlists delivery drivers similar to Uber Eats to handle the delivery. The service is now available in over 1,400 cities across the United States, end quote. Lot a lot of heat happening in this space. And and I know you have a special question this week just for me.
1: I do. So A M and I are going to put you on the spot.
0: That's nice. I like that.
1: Uh with this question, Chris. I'll let you answer this. So week. I'm on the spot. Is that what you're saying? You're on the I'm spot. spot. And putting on you on the spot. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Bring AM,
0: which is oh me. Oh God.
1: We're gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Tables are turned,
0: Mr. Walton. I like. Oh, this.
1: they are. These two stories are per, could be perceived as Instacart and Uber taking very different strategies. Instacart okay. hiring a Facebook and Instagram executive to double down on their commercial customer personalization angle versus Uber acquiring Drizzly to gain further scale around delivery, thus achieving better operational leverage and last mile economics. Okay. Chris Walton, who do you think has the better strategy here? Who do I think has
0: the better strategy? Huh? Okay. That's a good put your on your spot question here. Like we're going, we're going straight into like management consulting theory here. Uh, That's a good, ah man. I don't know. I don't think either one has a better strategy. I just think they're at different places in their strategy is how I would argue that. And so the way I think about it first, let's set the context. Like I was just reading um, Domo's 2020 COVID report before I came on the show. And like the, tr- the, tr- the fall in traffic has just been massive and sure, like it's all COVID, but at the end of the day too, consumer expectations have been changing. And we've talked about this a lot on the show, like being able to get your goods same day or quickly is now a merchandisable event. And people are, are rushing to this and businesses are going to rush to this. And I think everyone is seeing this. And so I think the combined announcements, again, setting the table here, the combined announcements are just further proof that there are huge, huge dollars at stake here and things are going to continue to consolidate. I feel like we've been talking about the consolidation, you know, for a really long time, even when Uber was buying Postmates, that was a topic of conversation on this podcast. And so at some point, I think what we're going to see here is the consumer is going to gravitate towards one or two, maybe three options When they want same day delivery, and that's what we've been talking about to me—that is scary as hell for retailers. Now, the question: whose strategy is better? I think both of them are going after that. Both of them are doing the same thing. Instacart is just, I think, much further along in that journey. I think the more interesting question to me, though, is who's more likely going to win, Mm -hmm. right? And that's where I think Instacart still has a leg up because I think Instacart is more in the minds of consumers. For how to shop that way, especially for the product categories that you're going to want that way, um, you know, Uber has its, you know, Uber's recognition is really around like taxi services. Maybe it's Uber Eats too, so that's an important thing. So it can still, I think, grow into that. But you know, Instacart is really almost, even though it says it's not, it has really almost been operating as a retailer. When you think about how you shop its platform, how you interact with it. And then you talk about that announcement with Facebook and how we've talked about there's a lot of connections on social media where CPGs could become agnostic to where people pick up the product. And there's a lot of ways, even though they may never actually be a retailer, they're just a marketplace that Instacart can have a leg up on a lot of this, depending on how they think about it. And it feels like the move they've made with the hire is also a really good one. So I don't know. Long story long, in answer to that question, I don't think either one's better. I'd have to give Instacart the leg up, though, in in ultimately carving out the same space. What yeah, do you guys ab- take, though?
1: absolutely. Well, first, um, in the Instacart story, Asha Sharma, we got to pause Emma because guess what? She's a U of M grad.
0: Is she and really? We and we oh my don't God. get let's a chance on the show.
1: ever on the podcast to give a little whoop whoop for a non Stanford or HBS grad. So,
0: woo! Woo! Asha wow, that's Let that's big news. All right, go, if anyone go. knows, we're, we'll reach out. But if anyone knows or put us in touch, let's, let's get her on the show. Okay, a great yeah. WRC podcast. That's good. Good catch.
1: Um, I guess you so, don't see that
0: often. So when it happens, you guys are like really, you know, ready, ready to pounce on it, huh? That's hilarious. You choose to live here. So
1: you better start supporting the hometown. <laughs> um, okay. So looking at this, I think one thing for me that, um, especially with the Amazon news and the story we're going to talk about later, I think you look at both of these companies and they're they're taking the same like Amazon flywheel approach of like, target, like work on better customer experience, expand partnerships, bring more retailers on. Um, and I I do think that right now as it stands, um, you know, Jeff Wells at Grocery Dive said it best in his article, like Instacart has the ace in the hand because they have a larger base. They have a larger customer base for this type of setting. And I think bringing Asha on and really focusing on how do you extend the customer experience even further? What do you do with the community that you have and the partnerships that you can bring on? And she has that expertise from all of her work at Facebook. So I think that, you know, for me, that's really going to propel Instacart right now. But, you know, you look at Uber Eats, that still is a very customer-friendly platform. And the Drizzly acquisition, like you're saying, like it's connecting a lot of the local retailers in- what I would argue is like maybe one of the better things that you could be doing delivery for what people might start, you know, what might really accelerate people um, using Uber Eats for right. going to Uber Eats over somewhere else because of the conveniences, you know, a lot of people are loyal to their, to their local stores. So if you yeah. can get that delivered,
0: they might be more to willing me.
1: to jump platforms.
0: Yeah. It makes me want to, I'm like, I also think like you'll start to see potentially, I think kind of even further down the line, what's interesting about this question is like, we talked about it too like the white label nature of the actual last mile and do you start to see these companies start to partner in a different way too where like maybe uber brings to the table mm-hmm. the last mile side of this or other providers do and it's you know i don't know i'll say like instacart powered by this for delivery or whatever that's kind of silly but like you get where i'm going with it is all that can yep. happen behind the back or in the background in a lot of different ways and there's probably unique partnership opportunities there to get you know more value for the drivers in terms of what they can carry and how they can make money and then also more scale efficiencies in terms of how the business is done too. So I don't know, Emma. What do you think? Any takes on this? Do you think we're we're barking up the right tree?
2: Definitely. I'm actually pretty proud of myself that my kind of mind was at the same place <laughs> as yours. So <laughs> I'm just proud of myself.
0: Good. You should never you should never be proud of yourself based on whether you agree with us. In fact, I think that <laughs> might be something to look at. But <laughs> especially given some of the feedback I got this week from from some fans on social media that I'll never forget. Someone called me a failure in life after reading one of our, po- uh, listening to one of our podcasts, which was, which basically told me I've arrived, but uh, that was one of my favorite things of all time. But, but anyway, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, that was really all I had to say. <laughs> Just so, I totally agree with you guys.
0: You, you feel like you're on the same page with us and you're yeah. proud of it. That a girl, I love it. All right. all right. Awesome. All right. And let's talk Lego. Cause I okay. can't get enough of doing that in my house every single day with two, right? six, six and eight okay. year old boy.
1: But we've been talking a lot that's about so unique brands that are uniquely positioned to be able to go in to do this kind of thing. And I can tell you, there's not many brands that I could see being able to create their own, we'll say, version of TikTok for the 7- to 10-year-old audience. But Lego is one of those brands that has the brand cachet to do this. So they are partnering with Universal Media Group for a new app that they're calling Yo. Oh, uh, that's Yo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me tell you one more time. I didn't quite catch it. Video.
0: Nice. That's good. Okay.
1: Flat bill hat. Um, Okay. So video video is an app that kids download and it's targeted for ages seven to 10. It'll be available March 1st, but kids can direct produce star in and share their own music videos set to songs from the universal music group catalog, including songs like, Marshmallow's Happier, Imagine Dragons Believer, which you know very, very well if you have a child in the 7 to 10-year-old age range. So they take the Lego set that they buy, they set up their little character on like a little fake stage. They have these other things called beat bits that they plug into the background of the stage. And then using augmented reality, they kind of hold the phone up to this little scene that they've created with their Lego characters. And then they can act in these little scenes and create music videos to the music from this Universal Music Group catalog other cool digital effects like explosions, and you know, it's like so you did this with Dre.
0: You you did this with your kid last night, right? Like you and you well, guys are we, lo- you like we watch the videos. It's not available it.
1: yet. They're for yeah. sale March first. The hype videos, which, the sizzle reels. But I'm telling you, I would be buying all of these if they were available today. Like I wanted to buy one for my
0: nephew's birthday coming so up. So you we'll scale of one to ten. How much do you like this story?
1: Well. So I'm still, I still have a little bit of the like, oh, now they need a phone again for something. However, I do think that Lego does a good job of like integrating the the real and the digital piece. We've seen Nintendo have a ton of success with things like Mario Kart Live and like kind of ways to still let them be creative and be touch and feel and like hands on, but also integrate technology into that. But I think. For me, the biggest thing here is that we're really starting to get a taste of how Gen Alpha, if you weren't familiar, that's after Gen Z. Gen Alpha wow. is going to be shopping and playing. And that's why I think this is something to pay very,
0: very close attention to. You guys like that. Legos, so,
1: Chris? I do. Yeah. No, I
0: think th- I mean, I think this is super cool. I mean, I also didn't know that like generations are like hurricanes where we recycle the alphabet, but I guess that makes sense. Um, no, I think this is, I mean, I think this is cool. I mean, we've talked about this a lot in terms of the brands taking control and, you know, Lego unboxing of Legos and putting Legos together is such a huge thing on YouTube. Like why shouldn't Lego get a cut of that? I think it just makes a ton of sense. If I was being critical, I think some of what it's doing and how they're, they're putting it together. It's a little too like thought out and a little too involved in terms of all the different things. It it, in some ways it feels a little inorganic to me versus organically letting it happen Big pluses for me, though, it's like a closed network. So, like, one of the problems with YouTube is you never know what your kids are watching. Like, you think they're doing these Lego videos, and all of a sudden there's, like, some, you know, psycho doing some crazy video with Legos, and that's scary as hell. So, I think that's a huge win here. Um, But, I I mean, here's what I would still say, though, and I've been saying this a lot, is I actually want to see brands go even harder at this. Like, you know, why you know, why aren't there, you know, why does like, I, like I was doing this, like, I think I did this on a show like a year ago. Why does Transformers e-commerce sites suck? You know, why don't they have their own stores? Why don't they have their own platform to do this like Lego is doing? Why, why, why aren't we seeing this go faster and faster than it is? It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it is so easy to stand up e-commerce sites at this point. Like basically they're all the freaking same because we all know how people shop, but yet you go on some of these brand sites and it's like, I couldn't buy an Optimus Prime for the, to save my life. And it doesn't make sense. So I don't know, Emma, what's your last word on this one?
2: I'm just glad that they're going after like making an app that's like TikTok for children because the, what the algorithm shows me is not for children. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me tell you,
1: as a mom with a 10 year old, There's stuff on there that you can't unsee and that I know that a 10 year old is not able to unsee either. So the expectations (laughs) of, of what content is for that generation is scary. So, yeah, let's I mean, I'm sure they'll all just want the PG version of Love Lego, but here's hoping at least Legos are cool enough that they could probably draw them in a little bit.
0: I think if you're listening to this podcast, you could see just how you could literally hear how wide your eyes just got as you said that too when you were talking about what people see on that. All right, well, let's close it up this week. I think you know this week the big topic of the week. I feel like something happened at Amazon. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but something big broke at Amazon, and of course, that was the Jeff Bezos stepped down. So he's leaving the comp- leaving the, leaving his role as chief executive officer. He's no longer at the helm of the company he founded 27 years ago. He's going to transition to the role of executive chair and Andy Jassy, the chief executive of Amazon Web Services, is going to take over. In a memo to employees, what he said is he's going to use the transition period to give him, quote, here we go, the time and energy I needed to focus on the day one fund, the Bezos Earth Fund, Blue Origin, the Washington Post, and my other passions, end quote, which may involve standing in front of reflecting pools and looking really rich. But regardless of that, putting that aside, question for you. We've studied Amazon a lot. We've talked about it a lot on the show. And you and I were studying it even way back in our target days. You know, we all have as consumers for, you know, 20, 25 plus years, whatever it is. What are the things each of you remember most? Maybe one or two things that you've taken away from all of that study. That's my first question. And then I have a fun question to close this up.
1: So I guess I would say for me, it's ultimately you hear this so much from people and Chris, you and I hate this. It drives us crazy, but like the common answer of like, focus on your customer, like put your customer first, the yeah, Yeah. Focus on your customer. But I think that Amazon does this better than anyone. I mean, the whole Amazon flywheel that they, you know, put out that I think every company has pinned up or pasted up on a whiteboard somewhere as really the like end all be all to get to. Um, that's something that they they've excelled at very well, and you talked about it and um in your posts that you sent out this week but it's really about the things that aren't going to change about people like how do you just make life more convenient overall and that is all fed into this overall flywheel of you know making things cost less making things get to you faster easier giving you more variety like all of these things that they just do so well and i would say aren't afraid to put out there like they have more grace because they have the budgets for r and a lot more than a lot of retailers have, but I do think that they aren't afraid to actually, you know, throw something out there and then, you know, a year later or a couple of months later, be like, yeah, this
0: was, this was a terrible idea, but we learned from it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The flywheel to me is probably the biggest thing. And then, yeah, I think the, the thing that I learned from you in your study of Amazon was actually the universal truth concept, which is, you know, him saying, bet on the things that aren't going to change, not the things that will. I mean, that's what I've learned from my conversations with you. I can remember you telling me that for the first time and being like, yeah, that's, that's, that's just super smart. And of course, the feel fear of failure too. Emma, what about you? I'm curious, you know, younger perspective here, Sprightly. The,
2: the biggest thing that I'm taking away from Amazon and Bezos tenure there is that just like the change in shipping, having pr- prime and being able to get things for free in two days and their just ability to change distribution as we once knew it. I think that's the biggest thing.
0: Continue, Yeah. I mean, I, I think of that too, like the one click, the prime, just continuing to push the envelope on. I was thinking about that this morning too. Like, remember how when they went to one day, we we're all like, do we all really need this? And then it's actually turns out it's not even that we needed same day for certain categories, which they knew and yeah. they were going at this Sweet. the whole time and it's probably going to be even faster than that and they're so far ahead of the curve on that i think yeah you have to remember that too um i mean for me the takeaway i would have is i always think of him as an infrastructuralist and this kind of goes back to what we talked about with the ASOS story a little bit too but and by infrastructuralist i mean somebody said it to me a different way which is would you rather build would you rather be in the business of selling the tools that make a house or selling the house itself and i think that's how he thinks about things you listen to him one of the best things I've ever watched is, is the speed, the interview he gave to the economic club of Washington. Mm-hmm. He t- talked yeah. about why he's colonizing space and how he thinks about, you know, all the infrastructure that can be laid there to create business model on top of business model at some point in time. And also he thinks, you know, we need it for various reasons.
1: He's going to retire. I right? think
0: that's there. how he thinks about the business. What's that, Ann?
1: He's going to retire there
0: to space. Yeah. Cause that's where he's going to, yeah, that's that <laughs> he's going to retire. Right. That's his other passion. Right. Um, um, so anyway, but I, that, that, those, I think that, that is a good list. I mean, that's kind of, that's, I hope that everyone took some enjoyment out of that, but those are the things I, that I think we all remember. Um, my last question though, for you, just to, cause this is our show and that's what we do is who's going to win retirement, Jeff or McKinsey and.
2: Oh,
1: Jeff,
0: <laughs> obviously. Really? Oh, really? I mean,
1: Anne,
2: what do you think? Emma? I'm going nobody's... the other way. Emma, what do you think? I was going to say Mackenzie won that a long time ago.
0: (laughs) Did you? Oh, nice. Why? That's great. I love that. I mean, she
2: got out of that with so much money and, like, more money than anyone could ever need. She didn't even, like, she could, I don't even, she could have retired years ago. I don't know.
0: And she hasn't set the expectation for herself she's going to explore space. That's a really good point, actually. And what do you think, though? You still pick Bezos?
1: Yeah, for sure. The guy is just like, because everything he touches is gold. Like, I just don't, I think he's just going to get... It's just easy. It's easy for him, even with Mackenzie, like she's what the richest woman in the U S and I mean, fifth in the world or something like that crazy. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's going to get recognized for more and he's just going to be like hanging out in St. Bart's somewhere on a yacht with his new lady. Track. Track.
0: Yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. You did, yeah. after Oh my after God. You did. <laughs> his morning pumped workout. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, now,
1: can you just imagine like how surprised would you be? I'm just like picturing Jeff Bezos, like entering a strongman competition in like two years. And suddenly he's just like spray tanned and roided up. Just like I've been working out.
0: Even more six so, a days. I, I see. I disagree with you though. I mean, I think that's all tr- true, but I, I think, I think she's going to win because look at what she's been doing on the philanthropy side. I think that's just incredibly admirable. And, I don't know. I will see what he does, but I, you know, I'll see, we'll see what he does. But I, I, I think she, I, I I'm excited. I mean, I like, like I, like better, I like her. better. What's yeah, that?
1: I, I like her better. I like Emma's <laughs>
0: ration now. I'm going with the youngster on this one. See, Emma, I feel good when I agree with you too. So it goes. I'm both glad. It's full circle. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps us up. We got some big birthdays today. Happy birthday to Alice Cooper. He's also, by the way, from Arizona, if you aren't aware of that one. And That's then nice. also Rob Cordry. And I think this might be my all-time favorite one, And Natalie Imbruglia, uh, the singer of Torn. Emma, do you know who that is? Nope. You don't know who nope, that Natalie is? I do you not
2: know who that is? Oh, my God. I, I've um, never even heard that name.
1: Your generation shouldn't be able to rock all the 90s fashion and not know some of the best not late 90s, early 2000s art, musical artists. Torn, like... Oh, um, something, something. And I think torn. we got to sing
0: this. I think we got this. Yeah, how is the does end it go? I forget Probably how no it starts. Already. All Nobody's right, going to love. Start, it. I'm going to start us off because I remember okay. this. All right. All right. Oh, my God. This is so I'm all out of faith. This is how oh, I God. feel. Sing it with me. I'm cold but, and I'm a I'm shame. I'm a shame. Lying naked, lying naked on, the, on floor. the floor. Okay. This Who's is terrible. <laughs> so I'm doing this for everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This
1: is like better sung by their own people by themselves in their showers in their cars with the windows shut.
0: Yeah, that is not a duet song. Hours. in Any way, shape, or form. Oh my God. All right, on that note, literally that note. If, remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog of the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you know, need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you, all within the preview pane of your inbox. And boy, oh boy, do we have a ton of fun doing it. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks for all, thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, be careful out there. Go Bucks. The Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is brought to you by the AM Consumer and Retail Group. And of course, Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery buying, powering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com.